Now rolling some. Perfect. Well, first, I mean, just thank you for, for joining us. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited that we have the chance to connect. Of course, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I, I'm just going to give um, a little bit of, of intro here. So uh, for our show, um, we talk with influential people um, across, across the United States about their journey, you know, how they got where they are today, and really what their, their why is, like what they're doing and why they do it. And so I'm super excited to have you on today. You're the owner and founder of Oxygen Coaching Group. You're a speaker, you're an author, you're a coach. And what I find so exciting about um, your work is that you started with hands-on work with horses, and that built into this um, incredible business, which um, allows owners, managers, and other professionals to learn more about their actions and how those you know, impact every day of their life and, and how they get results. So I'm so excited to chat with you. Um, and I just want to start off first with just like, how did this coaching group come about? Can you share that journey with us? Yeah. Uh, isn't it always interesting how we find a need and fill a need that maybe we weren't even planning on, right? I think that that's the best type of customer that I get to work with. And it's actually how oxygen kind of came about. I was born and bred into the manufacturing engineering world. I actually was educated in that space and uh, my children grew up in that space. So coaching and HR wasn't really even anything that was on my radar. In fact, I remember my dad saying to me at some point when my kids were little, why aren't you in the HR space? And I was like, oh no, not me. Um, but once I got into the world of, you know, a big girl job and my kids had grown up enough and I ended up, ended up a single mom. I really enjoyed coaching and helping other people. That really was where I thrived. And so becoming a coach and helping other people on their journey was where I got the best satisfaction. I can do a lot of things. I'm kind of a scrappy person. So uh, being on an engineering floor or being on a manufacturing floor was great. And I'm happy to do that kind of thing. However, really got the most satisfaction helping other people be great. And so that's what we ended up doing. We helped other people be great. So. Love that story. And, you know, the impact to that, helping other people be great, oftentimes there's this mindset that when we work, we're doing it for our own careers and our own paths. But, you know, it's really about how can we empower others in everything that we do? Yeah, it's it's hard for someone to be able to say, you know, I need help. And one of the things that is odd about what you see on our social media channels or the things that we put out is that we show failure often. And I think that it's what makes us authentic, right? We show you that it's okay to screw up and and we're modeling that because People don't need another perfect person. We don't need somebody who shows up in all of their glam and all of their perfection because that's not real. It's not real in business. It's not real in being a female owned business. It's not real in being a woman in business. 
Um, it's not real in being a single mom. Take out being a female. It's not real in life. Like, please, someone show me your ideal life and then let me tell you that I think you're full of crap. Um, so I think that it's it meant a lot to me to the people who showed up in my life and said it's okay to not be perfect. It was a generational cascade. In fact, I write about that in the in the book that we just published. It was important to me that someone said you don't have to be perfect because that's what was modeled for me. So when I show up for businesses, I show up for other people. When my coaches show up, we're trying to do just that, show that it's okay to be imperfect. I love that. And bring us back to 2020 with COVID. Um, you know, a lot of people that are watching are just so interested about your pivot, right? Because we yeah. talk a lot about that word. So talk to us about what happened in 2020. Yeah. So 2020 for me was going to be like way back in the day, it was going to be a big year before COVID even hit because I was going to be a mom of a senior in high school. So 2020 for me, I already had big ideas. Uh, my kids were both going to be driving. It was going to be a big year. Like it was, it was going to be a thing. Um, we had our farm set up. Uh, my daughter was going to be graduating. She was going to college. Um, the behavior side, the body language and behavior side of our organization had its footing. We were training people. You know, my love cup was getting filled up. I had executives coming in and telling us that the work we were doing was being uh, received well and was awesome. But there was this really tiny piece in me that said, you have to move you have to change. And for me, that was not an easy message to hear. I was, I was getting a, I was getting a, this is, I hate saying this because it sounds very philosophical. I was getting a calling uh, to, to kind of reach more people. Um, but I wasn't exactly sure what that was going to look like. And so we made a decision to sell the farm. This was all well before COVID had come to the U.S. So um, in June of 2019, I put my farm up for sale in a market that was kind of agile and, and it should have moved and it didn't move. Uh, fast forward on January 4th of 2022, we sold our farm. Uh, so all of the large animals went other places. We didn't give up our body language, but we made a move and I made the decision to go to a virtual environment where the clients that had been working with me were going to be able to have a larger reach. Fast forward a few months and the world shut down. So just because I had pivoted and I could see a bigger vision, that did not mean that my clients were ready for that. So it's hard for me to say, oh, well, we were ahead of the game, right? I wasn't ahead of the game. I was just a risk taker. My clients were in massive influx. They were losing their business. They were potentially coming at me trying to figure out how they were going to use me to save their business when they were prospects. Um, some of them had locked, their personal lives were just absolutely imploding. They were sick. It, it was absolute hell on wheels with a fire up their tailpipe. I mean, like they just, they couldn't, um, they couldn't see through the fog. And for us, we became the calm in the storm. So what I had envisioned was not what was happening. <laughs> yes, 
a virtual environment was great. And I knew that that's what I needed, but not like it showed. Um, so we had to just remain calm. And we teach clients every day. Vision is so important. What we as visionaries or integrators, executives, whatever your fancy word is in your company, what we see has to be communicated to the people underneath. We have to be able to tell people what we see in our brains, right? Uh, what we see here has to come out of our mouth. And that was what we did for a good year, trying to just work with people to calm the storm. And it was a hard lesson for me. You hear me say here, if you follow us on social or you're just meeting me through this live, you'll hear me say very often, we are our own best students or we try to be anyways. Uh, so we had to learn as well. We had to be calm. We had to be communicating what my vision was for this company. Let us help you see your own vision. Let us help you communicate that vision and what it looks like for your teams, even if it means change. Being healthy. What it showed us was the line between work and home and home and work. It also needs to be super clear. It created a gray area that is scary as hell. And, you know, the younger generation that we all complain about, they actually were really good at this. And we had a lot to learn from them, right? Um, and, and there were things that they could do better than the older generation. And we had to be good students of that. And so I think uh, we learned, we learned a lot, but that pivot was not what I thought it was gonna be. Um, I will tell you that I hope it was my dad that was pushing on me. I lost my dad quite a few years ago. And I think that it was his little inkling that said, get rid of your assets, what are you doing, right? Uh, and he, he saved my business. COVID was good to us. It was not good to a lot of people, but we were super fortunate. And um, yeah, we learned a lot. The fact that it happened like right before March of 2020, right? When everyone's world is completely turned upside down, you know, you were ahead of the, ahead of the game and you didn't even know it. Yeah, you know, I, I probably uh, should give some credit to the fact that, you know, like we watch markets. One of the things that's really, if you, if you work with a good coach and I tell people all the time, cause we're not a good, we're not a good fit for everybody. We don't work with everybody, uh, but like we watch real estate trends. So do I give myself enough credit for the fact that I was on a real estate trend and I knew that selling my piece of real estate at a good time maybe helped me? Maybe right? Do I give myself enough credit for the fact that uh, I have what my, my children lovingly call the five-year itch and it was time to move? <laughs> Maybe, you know, right? And, and I think that things happen for a reason. Did we, did we risk and win? Yes. Do I risk and lose a lot? Yes. You know, but this is what makes us good students. It, what, it's what makes us good business owners and we practice what we preach and, you know, um, we're all good students of our own practice. You know, the other thing that has me has me thinking, you said about that line between work and your and your family. And with COVID, we know based on all sorts of statistics that women were impacted the, the most, really. I mean, thinking about 
the the balance that they had to find. Not only were they working a full-time job, but they were um, also being their children's teachers, right? <laughs> During all of this Zoom you know, world that we live in. And so one of the things that fascinates me about you is that you work with young women all the time. You've done so much, you know, volunteering in different programs, girls on the run, um, you know, just keep living foundation. So you, you have all of these different service and volunteer things that you do in the community. What is, what are some of the things that you're telling young women as they're looking for their next step in life? Um, especially as we've all experienced 2020 and many young women are still feeling the effects of that in the job market. Yeah. So I am a firm believer that you put out in the world more of what you want back, right? I just said this in one of my executive roundtables this week. <clears throat> if you feel like you need it, the chances are that there are exponentially that more that many more people that need it as well. So put it out and see what comes back to you. I also am a huge proponent of upstream prevention. That's why we do the work with young people. So I think that for the young people that we work with, because we do do a lot of work with young women, but you know, my coaches also, the other coaches that I have working on my team work this with the same amount of young men as we do young women. Uh, we work in STEM programs and running programs and soccer programs and all religious programs, all of them. They're, we don't discriminate around here. If you're young and you want to be a part of a program, we will, we will interject. I think what we tell them more often than not is if you feel like there's a need in the community, do service to that need and then see how you feel giving back. Because I don't know that there's enough of that you're not getting something tactical back. It's what you get in the, in the exponential reward that I think we're not doing enough service to our young people, right? Um, one of the things that I tell often, and I, I say this to any generation, especially leaders, is that young people have access to information at just abounds, right? Google. I, I tease young people. I'm older than Google, right? I'm older than YouTube. <laughs> they, they always look at me like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> you do like they've, I, I had encyclopedias growing up, right? Young people now have, have Google, right? They have access to so much information, but where they struggle is to collaborate because they're accustomed to texting or emailing, right? They don't, they weren't taught to shake hands. They were taught to look it up. So for young people, just give back and figure out what you feel when you get that human interaction, because the collaboration and the ideas is where you're really going to get growth. You don't need me for idea, for information. You have information right here at the tip at the tips of your fingers. What you need is ideas and concepts. Um, it's interesting when you see young people give back. One of the places we do uh, a ton of work is I run the women's auxiliary at the cemetery where my dad is uh, buried. He's buried in a national cemetery that serves all of the northern part of, of Ohio. To see young people come and understand 
what it's like to stand in a national cemetery and honor veterans. Politics aside, it's moving, right? And you there, there is no left side, right side, Google, politics. There's nothing. You're there because these people at some time in their life wrote a check saying, I'm willing to stand up for our country. And that's meaningful. So you think that that's kind of where we support young people? What, what can you do? What can you do to give back? Absolutely. One of the things that I, um, I find really intriguing too in your, in your tagline, right. Is that, you know, you're not, you say you're not guaranteeing, you know, the success, but you're guaranteeing your, your best shot. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I'm also known as the burpees coach. Uh, so we, we talk a lot about putting work in and you can put all of the concepts and all of the theories and all of the, all of that, right? By the way, you can get them off of a book. I got two bookshelves full of them here in my, do all of it. By the way, go buy the book. You won't, you won't need me. What you come to me or you or any other coach for is the actual hard work that it takes to implement those ideas. And if you're unwilling to put that work in, then you might as well resort to physical work or burpees, jumping jacks, push-ups, which would you prefer? So in the training room, when I give this disclaimer, if you'd like to do them, I will do burpees with you in the front of the classroom in a full suit and heels. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, if you flip this script and you do this when we've got the horses involved, we ask the horses to do physical work. We put you in the saddle, physical work, right? You want the horses to canter, trot, simply walk around in a circle while you ride on their back? Who's doing the work? The horse, right? But if you are not mindfully there in the lesson or mindfully there in the work that you're asking that animal to do, how fair is that? So if I'm giving your lesson or my daughter is giving your lesson, you will get off the horse and you will do push-ups. You are physically there and ready to put the work in. We can't ask somebody else to do the work and expect a free ride. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that, right? So I will not guarantee your success. You're right, I won't. Because you have to do the work. I'll give you your best shot at it because we're damn good at what we do here, right? I got plenty of people to tell you we're really good at what we do. But you are they're, they're the human experience, the human element, right? We also tell you, you got to take a little bit of time to breathe it in. You got to be aware of what's going on around you and the people around you, right? That's the collaboration piece. And I think that we're missing that. That's one of the bad things that came out of COVID. We took out the human interaction. When we took kids out of school, because it wasn't safe for them, right? So I don't have, I don't have a opinion on that. But we took out the 
hey, let's have friendship. Let's have disagreement. Let's have communication, right? Any of those pieces. We got to get back to that part of it's okay to have a disagreement. It's okay to have a differing opinion. It's okay to negotiate and teach children to play. It's okay for adults to disagree, have a discussion, communicate, right? All of those things. And so I think we have to get back to it. And it's, I taught in a classroom this morning in a sales training environment. We have people who work together all day long. They work for the same company and they have a hard time exchanging ideas. How does that happen? They're not a remote company. It's hard, hard work. We are afraid to say what we want to say, our ideas we have for fear that people will um, shut them down, not agree with them. I agree with you 100%. I saw a big shift um, going to to college uh, before, during, and, and, and after COVID. Before, you know, being in like literature, political science classes, all discussion. During COVID, when we were on Zoom, very lecture-based, you could put some things in the chat, but people didn't have to respond. You didn't have this sense of like raising your hand or whatever. And and then finally, when we're back in, in person, the sense of like, uh, how do I talk to someone, <laughs> right? How do I, how do I communicate with my, with my um, colleague or my fellow student, right? It's this feeling of, of uncertainty and that you're going to say the wrong thing. And that's why. I yeah. Love yeah, for sure. I think, uh, so I'm a, a part of a, a fantastic group of women speakers. Uh, if anyone is looking to be a part of an opportunity to be a part of women speakers, I'm happy to put them, connect them. Um, and one of the things that we discover in, in that group, it's, I, I can't even say enough things about it. We won't get off topic. Um, <laughs> is that there are, there is a need right now to find great speakers, great coaches, great facilitators, right? Because one of the things we did get out of this environment that we're in today, good, bad, and different, 2023 as it is today, is you have access to so much, right? I can be in Ohio and do a speaking engagement or a training environment or whatever you need from me virtually in China, right? As long as I speak your language, as long as I'm available to be out of bed and have my hair done, (laughs) I, I can show up for you in any time zone at any time and be a facilitator, be a trainer, be a speaker, be that for you. So for those of us who are in the space, we have to be great. There is no need for mediocrity anymore. And that's awesome for those of us who are good. It's really <laughs> for those of us who are um, you know, so to be in a in a room like you described that's that's having a hard time having a discussion, those of us who are great facilitators, we really get to do awesome work. Uh, because we get to really pull it out and have those hard discussions. Um, I, I personally love it because I like to get in there and needle those discussions and, and let them happen because I think they're the better discussions. 
Um, I always tell people if I got to put my shoes on for this, it better be good. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the great things. Cause if you're really, really good at what you do, you can do it anywhere in the world now. How did the work that you did with, with forces for so much of your life impact your work now? Because, you know, one of the things that I do with, with chess is how do we empower young people through strategy, critical thinking, all these skills that chess provides. Yeah. I'm fascinated with mental and physical and the connection. And you spoke to that earlier, but horses, that's just the, it's just a fascinating imagery. I feel like you can learn so much from that. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about horses, it, well, horses are extremely intuitive to begin with. And there's some amazing statistics. Uh, you know, if you have a herd of a hundred horses and danger is sensed in the back, horses actually regulate their heart rate so that if the heart rate of a horse in the back of the herd elevates, actually all the heart rates of horses, the entire herd increase to sense danger. So they're highly intuitive and they're herd-based animals, which is, in, is extremely uh, amazing. So there's a, a bunch of really cool things about them. But one of the basic things that we used to teach, we still do, but in, in that environment, is that our body language that we are unaware of is magnified by the horse. So great example. We all know that if we are talking to another person and we close down our body language, we are somewhat confrontational, right? It's not, even if we're thinking or whatever, it's not a great approachable uh, body language. If I have a horse moving around me, and I close down my body language because I'm thinking, or because this is a hard one, your spouse who you don't necessarily have a great relationship with gets close to you and you step away or you close down. Do you know what the horse does? It stops moving. Oh, oh my gosh. The horse wants to move around you, right? Your body language is open. So the horse moves around you. As soon as you close down, the horse shuts down. Wow. Now, even more, if there's a second person in the ring, the horse will navigate towards the person who is more present. So if there's two people in the ring, employer, employee, husband and wife, and you think that you are grounded and centered and you are an open personality and the horse goes to the other person, what's that tell you about yourself? I wasn't coaching the horse. The horse wasn't listening to me. So what we see and what we were seeing is that people who are off-putting but don't believe that they are, the horse is magnifying that. And they're so, I mean, horses are just gentle. I'm a horse lover to begin with, but they're gentle and they're calming. And by the way, can we just talk about a little horse hair and some fresh air? We all need it. So the environment facilitates self-awareness. And don't we all need a little self-awareness in life? <laughs> uh, so the body language piece was really big. Um, the other really important and relevant piece that we do, and there's actually a video on my YouTube channel that you can watch my daughter ride one of our mares, is mm -hmm. how we sit in our seat. So people who are road warriors and spend a ton of time in their car, or for those of us who sit in a chair that's not uh, not ergonomically correct, how you sit in your seat, how hunched over you are in your keyboard. Here's another really big one. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, so if you hunch over on a horse, 
they will stop. If you sit back and sit upright, they will move forward because they can feel how you sit on their back. I mean, Christ, I know what it's like to hold babies on my back. <laughs> oh, you know, you can all sense that. But again, we magnify the uh, the the movement on the animal and the horse will, will start and stop. So things that are relevant to all of us, and we don't believe it when another human says it, but if I put you on a horse that weighs 1200 pounds, you're like, oh, okay, I'll listen. Right. right. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a couple of things that are, you know, fun, fun things to know. And like I said, and a little fresh air never hurt anyone. Oh, I love that. That, that is amazing. I, I didn't know that. And that's, that is amazing. Yeah. And I think, you know, to, to draw your point closed here, when someone is learning something new or they're uncomfortable because they, it's not rhythmic, right? It's not their routine. They're paying so much more attention, right? Whether they have a desire to learn, or even if they're aloof to it, they're just, they have a different awareness and that in and of itself causes people to learn or, or be aware. And, you know, like I said, throw a 1200 pound animal at somebody, whether they're scared or they're excited or whatever, they, they're going to pay attention to you. This is amazing. And I want to make sure that people too know about your, your YouTube channel and your, your website, social media. It's, it's incredible. I I love going through it. It was amazing. So our website is getting a ton of improvements to it because we're launching some new courses that have a lower price point for solopreneurs and individual salespeople. So visit our website, please. We would love to have you, but know that you should come back. Uh, because we've got some new coursework coming. So oxygencoachinggroup.com. You can also get free training videos from us and see Frosty, uh, our mayor. She is our chief equine officer, uh, as we like to refer to her. Uh, and my daughter, Kayla, you'll find her on YouTube at Oxygen Coaching. Uh, and then we're, we're all the places, right? Like I think you have to be in 2023, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I don't do TikTok. I'm really sorry. You don't want to see my, see me shake my tail feathers. It would be weird, (laughs) Um, but yes, all the places come visit us and, uh, leave us some comments. Tell, uh, tell everyone that I, uh, I met them here on my, um, on your YouTube channel. And I'd love to have them. We also have an awesome, if you have executives, we have a amazing series coming out in March about the fear of success Mm. Um, for people who are aware of the fear of failure. It's a totally free series. So, um, for those of us who have seen success and acknowledge our success, what it's like to have the second level of success, both, um, in our marriages and our businesses and our relationship with our children. So it's coming out in March. You can follow us on YouTube if you have any interest in that. I love it. We will share all of this and, you know, you and I just connected in on LinkedIn and through, um, TEDx women. And so it's wonderful, you know, getting to know you and, and I, um, going to continue to share all of your work and we're so appreciative of, of your time and everything. And so thank you so much for, for joining us and for being a part of this and um, just, just really excited about all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. And maybe one day you'll actually teach me how to play chess. Yes. You can, you can teach me how to ride horses because it's something I never did. <laughs> we have new animals in our herd. So you are welcome anytime. Oh, I would love that.
<laughs> so we tell everybody, we hope you take just a little bit of time to breathe life in because we all need it. And I really appreciate you, Ashley. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much.